So um, it's awesome to be with you this morning. Um, I'm really excited about this morning's word and the journey that I've been on with the Lord in preparing for it this morning. Uh, for those of you who may not know me, I'm Scott. I worship here regularly. I'm um, one of the, on the leadership team in the church here. Love this church to bits. Love everything that God is doing in and through us and, the, and just love the people. We have a great group of people here. And if you are visiting, I just want to extend a warm welcome to you and say everything we have from God is yours today. Receive it fully in his name. So um, I'm pretty excited. I usually get up crack of dawn, sparrows break of wind um, when I'm going to um, um, preach to get some stuff ready and this morning I woke up with my eyes open and I felt like the Lord said why don't you go for a walk this morning and I'm like well it's kind of kind of put me behind the eight ball and he said well just trust me in that and let's go for a walk so out I went for a walk um, and it was just a beautiful time with the Lord until I got to near the end of my home uh, near where my home is and this greeted me no not that that I don't know if you can fully see it, but if you look closely, you can see the end-to-end -end of a rainbow uh, sitting right above the tree line. It kind of starts that white um, A-frame kind of house that starts there and it ends on just to the um, left-hand side of the light post. What you can't see on that picture there, unfortunately, it just doesn't, that's a panorama shot, it just doesn't grab it that well, is just to the left on the house on the very end, there's actually another rainbow. So there was a great sense of, of, I felt like, double portion of the Lord's blessing. Uh, and obviously, uh, well, what we know about the rainbow is at the end of the flood with Noah, God's promise was never, ever to flood the um, earth again, uh, that he would never wipe, try and wipe out all of humanity. And um, just a reminder of the promises of God uh, for us this morning. So I was pretty excited about that. I also this morning want to... Um, just bring a quick testimony to God of um, some news I had this week. You know, I, I've had some, if you know me, I've had some knee troubles for quite some time. I was operated on fairly young as a teenager on both my knees and it's probably caused complications going forward because I was, had gro growth spurts and all that kind of thing. And uh, to the point where I had operation on my right knee at about 35 or so um, just a couple of years ago. And... Um, they told me that I had arthritis about the size of a 20-cent coin in my right knee. So I didn't know about my left knee, but they said more than likely if you've got it in your right knee, then you've probably got it in your left knee as well. Well, this week I had had some quite nasty knee pain and, and uh, went to the doctors, got the ultrasound and an x-ray done on it. And uh, he said, well, I've got some news. He said, look, this is a pretty good knee. He said, uh, there's no sign of arthritis in this left knee so I was just like wow this is awesome so I've got still something going on on the outside of my knee which you can come pray for me after if you feel led by the Holy Spirit to do so but I'm just praising God for what he's doing and not only in my life but I know there's so many testimonies of the increase of the Lord's presence with us in terms of the kingdom coming healings happening people growing in a sense of who they are 
in God to the point where we kind of get our own, not we kind of, we do, we get our own prayer language. We call it speaking in tongues um, sometimes. That that's going on in our midst in an increased measure. More healings, I want more. Let it come, Lord. Let it be a, a daily part of our walk with you that we see the kingdom break in. And I'm, I'm just praying with all I am also that we continue to see just such a great measure that it had been really significant healings like like I got like doctors say you've got this and then you get another report later on that says no you don't got this uh, kind of healings going on undeniable testimony of the goodness of God and the kingdom breaking in we believe that here as a church we go after it and we want to follow the Lord into all that he's calling us in it so I'm pretty pumped for this morning. I had a great week. Nothing like living for 12 years thinking you might have arthritis and you need to find out you don't, which is uh, really, really cool. Very cool. And I'm believing it was the Lord that healed me. Cool. So this morning, um, I want to continue today. We've been... That's not me. I, I didn't prepare that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Bo's going to fix that up for us someone's phone. So this morning we're going to continue on our journey. We uh, as a church, God, uh, we had a conference a little, a few weeks ago and um, we had a guy named Putty Putman, yes that's his name, Putty Putman, come and speak with us and we've just had such a strong sense of the Lord continuing to want to break in in the areas that he spoke about and it really ties in what he brought in terms of the good news, the gospel uh, of God that he wanted to, we want to continue to grow in those areas. Um, And so I'm going to continue along that that theme this morning where we look at, so I'm just going to bring that up, a deepening relationship with God. But it does tie into our overall thing that we've been focusing on as a church, a thing, our vision that we've been focusing on as a church of a story to tell and a life to live. And for each one of us in this room, you all have that. It's not the person next to you's story, although it's a part of it, but it's your story. You have a story to tell in your relationship with God, God being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three. We'll touch on that this morning in a minute. And you have a life to live that that would impact you. The story that you have in God, the relationship you have with God would actually impact our day-to-day life. Not that we would just go and live with him in eternity when we die, but now. We have a life to live now because of the story we've got to tell. And so this morning, well, there we go. We, I want to continue on in the theme of relationship this morning. So just a reminder of this diagram So this is all about the gospel or the good news of Jesus. If you haven't been with us, this diagram is all about the picture of that. But it's broken down into three areas in terms of our relationship with God, our identity in God, and the dominion we have because of who God says we are. Now that is all a part of the gospel or the good news of Jesus or each parts of those. But each one is not the other. So your relationship is not your identity. Your identity is not the dominion you have. Your dominion you have is not your relationship with God. Each one of those is one part of what forms the good news of the gospel. So the premise that I'm working off this morning 
is that. Is that okay with everybody? It's probably not good if it's not because I'm going to continue on anyway. So let's dig um, a little deeper into the area of relationship this morning. Now I'm going to say I'm focusing on relationship. I'm not trying to say that any one of the other parts of that are not important. In fact, without all three, it's like a wheel. These are like the spokes of a wheel. If you try and only have two parts or one part, it's not going to be much support on the wheel. It's going to be an awfully wobbly ride in life. So we want all three parts, but today I felt like the Lord wants to focus in on relationship. And I want to do that through three key and integral moments in the Old Testament. Each has big implications in how humanity, humanity and particularly Israel, related to God. So... For the sake of time, I'm going to jump straight in this morning and ask you if you've got your Bibles to turn to Genesis chapter 3. If you don't, I'm going to help. Oh, wow, this click is sensitive. There you go. You know the second one now. And then look at the first area as we dig right into the area of our relationship with God and talk a little bit about intimacy. Intimacy with God through the lens of Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 to 13. Now, I'm going to read that out to you. Again, oh, wow, I made that awful small. Sorry about that. Um, I'll read it to you. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman put me here with me. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate it. Nothing like the blame game, sort of just bouncing, isn't it, (laughs) along as to who was at fault. But what we see in this passage and what we often look at in this passage, and in fact, in your Bibles, what you will probably see chapter 3 called, what does your Bible say it's actually called, the title of that section? The fall of man. So what we often focus on in that passage is the fall. And we look at it from a perspective um, of, the, of a presenting problem, which is sin. Now, I'm not talking about sin today. We're talking about relationship. So it's going to seem like, potentially, that I'm skirting over the impacts of sin and what happens. I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to do that. That's a message for another day. What I am wanting to talk about today is relationship. Relationship with God, all right? Can hold that, on, hold that in, your, in your thoughts as you think that I might be, saying some areas are not as important as what they are. So we look at this as, a, as the presenting problem of the fall, that sin is the big issue that's got to be saved. Yes, it has to be dealt with. Sin has to be dealt with. But the root cause in this passage of what is actually going on, the big problem 
is broken relationship. That is the big problem. The presenting problem is sin that occurred, but the after effects of what happened with sin was broken relationship with God. That is the core problem of humanity that we have. It is not dealing with sin so that we're good people. It is about being in relationship with the Father. You've got to hear that so clearly. We are not just trying to be good people on this earth to get to heaven. We are being the people of God in an intimate relationship with God. And that is what he desires so deeply with each and every one of us. But we think it's all the sin problem that we need to solve. The problem in this passage is broken relationship with the Father. We see in this picture, this picture of, it's a picture of perfection. And it's really hard for us sometimes to grasp this aspect of this garden that, we, that existed, that man and woman, and we kind of, because we don't, well, maybe you like doing this, I don't know, we don't generally run around naked. Um, uh, <laughs> no, we generally don't run around naked, but we, we, th- there is this picture of perfection that's going on and this intimate relationship with God that we, that we were so comfortable in and of ourselves that we don't have a grid for this these days. We really struggle to understand the beauty and the place of amazing intimacy that this was. This garden was a place where we could be completely intimate and we're not talking sexual relation, we're not talking that physical type, we're talking about a father loving on his children kind, kind of relationship. And there's this perfect environment for this to occur, this ma- amazing gift from the father to his children that they're, they're moving through. And what I love about this passage is it says, you know, we love our big moments with God, but this passage says that God was what? Walking in the cool of the day through the garden. So we get this perspective of the big picture stuff of this great garden that's a gift to men, and then we have the intimacy of God walking in relationship with his children in the call of the day. Just the everyday, normal act, not the big moments all the time, just wanting to meet with his kids every day, call of the day, walking through the garden. But a problem happened. A problem happened. The meeting place, the perfect meeting place, suddenly had become a place of fear and of shame. And the fact that man now, what we know from verse 8, it tells us that that which was perfect, that which was creating a space for this intimate relationship to occur, was broken. And the key verse that it says in verse 8 And the four words that tell us clearly that there's a broken relationship happened between man and God, they hid from God. You don't hide from somebody you're intimate with. You don't feel the need to hide from somebody that you're really, really intimate with and in a perfect relationship with. It was broken. It was completely broken. 
we all um, we all have those moments, right? where we begin to hear the whispers in our ear justifying an action that we want to take. It doesn't really matter if you... Did God really say? It doesn't necessarily come to us in those exact words, but the enemy comes at us with little, word, little taunts. Did he really say? Does it really matter if? Will it really impact? It doesn't really matter if you do that, does it? We all hear those whispers... And then we start to rationalize in our mind and then the enemy completely slides in and he just goes hammer and tong on us with the fool, did God really say? It won't really matter and you'll be all good. And then we bite. And then we bite. And then maybe not immediately but maybe years down the track, shame and fear kick in and we completely hide from God and we lose that sense of intimacy that we had with him. And here's the problem with Adam and Eve and often our own problem. Throughout the entire conversation in the fall, did they, why did they not stop at any time and say, maybe, just maybe we should ask God about this? There is no mention of God in the conversation between them and the enemy. They don't stop to say, That's, if they, what if they had just stopped and said, hang on a minute, God said don't eat from it. They did say that, but maybe now we should invite him into the conversation to see what he says about this situation. So I want to encourage you here today, friends, if you hear the enemy coming at you with did God really say, or it doesn't really matter if, invite God into the conversation. Stop. Invite him into the conversation that he wants to have with you. I also want to encourage you this morning to find your cool of the day moment with the Lord. You know, where is those times? I'm not talking your quiet time. Like we love to just go, okay, Scott's talking about the quiet time. I wake up and I get down on my knees and I pray that this thing that we have in our head that what we think it could look like, it should look like, it might look like that and that's all fine. It's good. That's really great. But there are, there are other times, there are always opportunities where God is wanting to walk in the cool of the day with you throughout your life and speak with you and have intimacy with you. Like, I'm talking really basic practical stuff. This week, um, the young adults, we've been practicing um, the, the discipline of simplicity. So take just a, a basic, to pull things out of your life that make it complicated or busy, pull it back, strip it back, and give yourself opportunity to have a simple life and allow God to come and meet with you. So one of the things I did, one of the really easy things, I just turned the radio off in my car. For the last couple of weeks, I've been doing that. And, and in an increasing measure, I've been finding I'm really hearing from the Lord really fast in the car. And we're having great conversations in the car. I never really thought about it. I just had the radio on when I drive the car. Most of the time, I'm not necessarily listening to it, but it's on. It's a background noise. But I just turned it off. Just sim- simple stuff. I just turned it off. And there was this amazing time with the Lord preparing this word this morning. Heaps of it came from that time where I didn't have the radio on in the car. And he just gave me little snippets of things to say this morning. Just give yourself moments in the cool of the day to have a walk with God and allow him to be intimate with you. 
Cool. All right, let's move on to the second one. The second area of relationship with God. So we've got intimacy. Next one is presence. So the next big moment that we see in humanity, and now we move particularly to Israel's history, is in the area of presence. Um, God has freed Israel from from the slavery in Egypt. They've come out, they're walking in the desert, and they've come to Mount Sinai. They've come to the place where God's presence is dwelling. If you want to get the full story, read um, all of um, Exodus, the um, chapter, start through to, yeah, read all of Exodus. It's, it's a fantastic story. Um, but now, for this morning, let's read Exodus 19, 16 to 19, and 20, 18 to 21, if you've got your Bibles there. Look at those reflexes. What a catch. Um, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. So remember, Israel's come. They're ready to meet with God. They've prepared themselves as Moses has instructed them to, and now the big moment comes. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. Interesting, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. With a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder and Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him then what happens after that is it breaks into the ten ten commandments the story of the ten commandments more than likely the ten commandments actually God speaking with Moses and giving the ten commandments happened after this next moment but they, the writers often did stuff like this to bring the importance or to do... They did this for a reason. More than likely in this case, the Ten Commandments were dropped in here because they wanted to remove the importance of the Ten Commandments from the general law that was given to Israel following the chapter 20 part. Moses then it goes into breaking to talk about the law. More than likely, they were just trying to break that up. So this... This is probably chronological, the way we're reading now, but in your Bible, you'll see the Ten Commandments are dropped in the middle of these verses. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So we've lost intimacy up to this point, although we've regained it in Jesus, but the story we're taking today, intimacy is gone. And now God comes with his presence. He wants to meet with Israel with his presence and re-establish relationship with them through his presence. God descends for the sole purpose of meeting with his people. He is about to re-establish um, relationship on a significant level. 
This is the first time he will make a covenant with a larger group or a nation. It's been individual up till now. And most likely, I've already told you that that also flows. But verse 20 is key. And don't think of it as a test, as a pass or fail. Think of it as a test as how will you respond to what you're going to see or feel? Can we cope with the presence? So in verse 20, Moses says in chapter 20, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. So God in his grace was going to come and meet in relationship that that he would be, he would actually relate with them and keep them from sinning, which they'd continue to do for all the ages, humans continue to do through, through all the ages. He's actually going to come and empower the people to stop them. It's not going to be a sense of distance. He didn't want distance. The people chose distance. They put God at arm's length and said, no, we won't approach Moses. You need to be the one who goes to God for us. They ask for a mediator. So we've lost intimacy. And now the people of Israel choose to reject presence as well and keep God at arm's length. That somebody else would actually go to God on their behalf. Last week, John made a a great statement as he preached last week. Um, And I want to camp out on it a little bit more this morning. He said, and Dave Hockey asked him to repeat it, which I thought was a really good thing to do because the Lord was all over it. You are responsible for your own faith, is what John said. The only mediator we were ever supposed to have is Jesus. And his purpose for mediating was to create the way for us back into relationship with, with the Father. We're talking direct connection with the Father here. There is no longer a need for a human being in that sense of uh, somebody else other than Jesus to step in and talk to God on our behalf. I kind of think of it like Chinese whispers. Like, I tell you what I need or how you... Can you go to God with me for this and, and then that person's got to try and interpret the context they don't really know you it, it maybe don't know you as in depth as what they they not they could but they, they just don't know the context of what you're talking about there's only one person that knows you as intimately as they should and that is God and so I, when you ask somebody to go for you to the Lord or you have that expectation that they would feed you or or grow you in a certain way in the Lord we're in trouble because we're going to have unmet expectation. There is no way that a mediator, a human mediator apart from Jesus, can actually have, give us the kind of relationship we're talking about between us and God. And so as we talk about deepening our relationship this morning, I want to challenge you, challenge you, be responsible for your own faith. Talk to the Father. Talk to Jesus. Talk to the Holy Spirit. And go into a relationship with them that would bring that sense of presence that God wanted to have with Israel. Moses himself cried out in the scriptures. He said, oh, that everybody would be like me. That they could actually talk directly to God. And Jesus made the way. It did happen. 
It did happen. There's one more that I want to quickly talk about this morning. And that's from the perspective of kingship. And if you're getting the hint, we're kind of, if you think about it, we've moved from the, in the Old Testament, we've moved from this sense of intimacy being lost. We've then moved to, you know, that, that closeness and intimacy. And then we talked presence. So we've taken another step away from that really close and intimate place. And now there's a sense that Israel will come to God and say, we're going to reject your kingship. So in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 to 9, we read these words. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. There's the mediation right there. There we go. They didn't go direct to God. They went to the mediator. And the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they, are, they have rejected but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods so that they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. So Israel have been battling to keep the promised land that they've been given by God. They've been fighting um, other nations and they've been watching and dealing with other nations. And they still have this priestly model in place where they have a mediator who goes to God on their behalf. Uh, but the problem is, as they looked at it, as we just read, this, Samuel's sons are not following in his ways. Now, we could say that was Israel's pure purpose in wanting to have a king, in that they were worried about what Samuel's sons were going to do, but that completely shows, shows a lack of trust in God and what he might be able to do through that situation. I have a sus suspicion that they actually looked at what was around them, and they thought it looked really good, what other nations had. They didn't mind the idea of a king whatsoever that would rule over them. And so Israel takes another step further away from relationship with God. Now they reject him as the king. They want a king like all the other nations. Without intimacy and presence, the people now look to their present circumstances and think that the grass looks a whole lot greener on the other side. And so they ask for a king. There's a real problem with this in terms of what happens for Israel in this situation. You know, in Israel's history, they had things that were sacred to their story with God. There was things that were sacred to their story with God. And they came in moments like when Abraham was promised by God that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars. 
There's also the promise of a land, an inheritance from God, a land, and the blessing would flow in the Bible terms of milk and honey. Great resources when you're in ancient times, milk and honey, if you think they didn't have refrigeration and things like that. They would be luxuries. We consider them standard items. They would have been luxuries. So God's promise is it's going to be an amazing, amazing time for you. And when the king comes in, God eventually, in a, in a few chapters later, tells them, actually, the king's going to take your sons and daughters and he's going to put them into service and he's going to take your land and he's going to claim it as his own. He's effectively what God is trying to say to them. The king, although some will follow my ways, if you go into a process where you have a king you're going to lose all the things that I gave you. The promises that I gave to you are going to be in jeopardy because he's going to be serving his purposes. It says his rights. The Bible says he will reign over them and he will claim his rights. God's giving them a warning. You're not going to like what's going to happen if you reject me as king. You're going to go down a path that is actually going to lead to destruction if you do this. Don't look at what the other nations have as good. What you see that might be a real blessing to them, don't look at it and give yourself over to wanting that for your own life. We all know those feelings and with those thoughts, don't we? Do I need to just talk about money? That would be a really easy one to go with, wouldn't it? looks really good, all the money that other people have, and so maybe I'll buy into that system. Well, Jesus was really clear about money, wasn't he? You can't serve God and money at the same time. And there's a lot of other areas in our life that we have. Let's not lose our story in God because that's what Israel did. By giving themselves over to the, by by choosing not to have God as king, they actually went down a path where they lost their story. They lost their land. They lost their inheritance in God. They were actually, in the end, they didn't even have presence anymore. They lost presence as well because they got exiled out of the land that was flowing that was with milk and honey. So now we've gone all the way down, right down this path where we started in this sense of intimacy in the garden and we've come all the way down here. And then it all changed, didn't it? Because Jesus came and Jesus died. And Jesus lived and in relationship with the Father. He died. He conquered the grave. No, I've gone too far. And he restored all things when he came to life. Let me just quickly, I know we're short on time, let me just quickly read to you from John chapter 19. And then we'll wrap this up. Chapter 19, verses 19 to 23. And on the evening of the first day of the week... When the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus, if we look at the three areas of relationship, let's reverse it. 
Jesus is king. He's conquered death. He's risen again. He is once again reestablished as king. His kingship is restored to all of humanity. The point that we're about to read and what we've seen up here or what we're going to now look at is that in Jesus, all three areas are now restored. All three areas in relationship that we've been talking about are now restored in God. The key in all three of these areas is it's not dependent on man doing something except for receiving except for receiving from Jesus what he did for each one of us. And we can enter back into these three areas of relationship with him. The first one is kingship. He's risen from the grave. He's conquered death. Life is now restored. God's original order in Jesus has now been restored. There's a whole other message on that that I won't go into right now because we are short on time. But it has been restored. The next part, his presence, God's presence. Now, interesting, look up here. On the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples together and the doors were locked for the fear of the Jewish men, um, leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. And what did he say to them? Peace be with you. The disciples, the representation of the Jewish nation are meeting together. They are together and the presence of God comes back to meet with them. And he says what? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. No more fear, no more shame. Peace be with you now. No more the, the billowing smoke that, that wasn't there that we read in the, in, in the Mount Sinai passage. Jesus comes and he brings his peace to the disciples. It's okay. Presence has been restored. You can meet with me. You can meet with the Father as I have met with the Father. His presence has been restored to each and every one of us. And then the last one, intimacy of what we see with Jesus. I love that the Bible goes to the detail to say they met on the first day. They met on the evening of the first day. Would it, I don't think it would be a stretch for us to say that that might be the cool of the day, on the evening of the first day. God's presence comes back to Israel in the cool of the day. I think it could be a, potentially could be a reference to the Genesis story where Jesus comes back at a time when, when a man first made the mistake, broke the relationship. He comes back at the same cool of the day with God moving and finds the, um, the, the um, disciples meeting together. And in what place are they in? They're in a place of fear, just like in the garden. And he comes and he says, peace be with you. And out of his presence... And out of his kingship, he then says, let's get back to intimacy. And he breathes on them. And he says what? Receive the Holy Spirit. Intimacy with God has been restored through Jesus. The Holy Spirit and his presence with us has been has brought us back. We are in permanent relationship when we welcome Jesus into our lives. 
When we receive the Holy Spirit, we are in a permanent place of his presence and intimacy is available to us back again in the cool of the day. Will you stand with me? Let's pray together. So this morning, I want to give opportunity for you. Um, I believe the Lord wants to give opportunity for ministry this morning. I have a sense that uh, that rainbow picture gave me a strong sense that the Lord wants to come and meet and restore uh, relationship on many levels with, different, with people today. Um, I'm going to break the areas into three here. So that we've got intimacy, presence, kingship, okay, over here. And I feel like if you are in a place of fear and shame where you've been hiding things from the Lord, We've allowed the voices to come and say, did God really say? Or we've maybe even ignored the voices completely because we don't even want to have God in the picture. So we just say, we don't even say, we just do the way we want to go. And we've invited a place of fear and shame and we've come to a place now where we are hiding from God. That God would want to come and meet with you today and restore that through Jesus through Jesus, he would come and meet with you today and you can come to the front here. If presence, the presence of God, you've been keeping God at a distance, an arm's length and you haven't been in one sense, I want to say this with a lot of grace here, that, that sense of responsibility for your own faith that sense of actually going and meeting with God one-on-one to say, this is about you and me. Nobody else can go to you for me. This is about you and me. And I want to make a deeper connection with you today that we would have a sense of intimacy and presence with each other. Then come on forward down here. You know what? If I'm saying stuff and it's you and you know, just start to move to those three areas. Come on down the front. So intimacy, presence here, and then kingship kingship have you lost your story have you lost that sense of intimacy with God those things that were sacred between you and God have have we let go of that sense of God's kingship over our life where now we don't even have the story anymore and I believe God wants to restore the story to some people this morning And there's a very real reason for that. It has implications on your life and the generations going forward. And God wants to become king once again, that you would have that those stories would return and those stories would grow tenfold. That he wants to actually meet with you as king. That the relationship would be such that you've just got daily stories of walking in the cool of the day that his kingship has been restored restored you can come over to this area over here so let's pray together now and you can continue to come move forward for those that um, are okay in these areas and want to pray for people i invite you to start moving forward to pray for them now oh father we thank you for your great love for us since the beginning of time your desire has been to be in relationship with us 
And I, I ask now, Lord, that um, in the freedom that all that Jesus has done in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection, that there would be freedom now in this room in the name of Jesus for people to come and meet with you and be restored into right relationship with you. I come against fear and shame in Jesus' name and say you will not have a place here. You will not speak to the people and affect them this morning from their response. We welcome your sweet presence here this morning, Lord. Restore that sense of intimacy, presence, and kingship now, I pray in your name. In your name, Lord. Amen. Amen.